We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Um, I've done, I've talked long enough and I've screwed up this show more, more than, than anyone should be allowed to. So, um, I don't know if we want to open up to the, the speak, if anyone wants to speak, we can bring them up, but I, I'm now, I'm now I'm sad. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, if you're doing a show with me, you're always going to be number two in terms of screw up. So, uh, you're, you're good. And, uh, listen, 
we have someone waiting to speak. It's our guy, I-95 Bully, so I will let him up to start. Uh, but also, just going to remind everyone in the audience, if you want to comment on something that we said, if you want to agree with something that we said, if you want to disagree with something that we said, if you want to ask us a question, if you want to ask the audience a question, not us, or both, or whatever, it's your show too. Come up here. Don't don't be afraid. So we're going to start off with I-95 Bully. Then we got Shannon up next. Excited to hear from both of y'all. I-95 Bully, what's going on, man? Happy Friday. How you doing? Yo, what's going on, Chris? What's going on, Sean? Uh, Sean. What's good? What's, what's going good? on, brother? I'm in the office. So I'm going to make it quick. Um I just want to kind of provide some context and perspective in regards to RJ because he kind of seems like the, the hot button issue um, this week, at least on Nick's Twitter, um, with the hate that he's been getting and the unrealistic expectations. Um, so I asked myself this one question about RJ. At the end of the season last year, what did we or what did most fans want him to improve on? Um, one thing was finishing around the rim. That was the number one thing. And just to give some context, um, I'm look, actually looking at cleaning the glass right now. He's shooting 60% around the rim. Uh, last two years, uh, last two previous seasons, he finished at 55% around the rim. That's a 5% improvement. That's a, it may not seem like a big number. I was going to say, I thought, I thought you were about to complain and be like, he didn't get no, better. No. And I was like, actually, <laughs> you know what? With all of his, with all of his distant shooting struggles, this is actually an area, yeah, yeah, great stat, man. And, and, and uh, cleaning the glass, obviously, you know, great at what they do. That, that's a great point to bring up. I, I love yeah, that, man. Yeah, Thank so you. look at this. So 60% around the rim, that's up 5% from last year. In the short mid-range, which is uh, 5 to 14 feet, he's shooting 36%. That's a career high. Last year, he was shooting 30%. Now, where he's struggling is the three ball. He's shooting 24% from three, which is terrible. But he is shooting uh, 36% from corner three. So he improved on exactly what we asked him to improve on. What was the other thing that we asked to improve on with RJ? Free throw shooting. He's shooting 80% from the line, which is, is pretty solid. So I asked myself, okay, where's the drawback at? Why is his efficiency still in the gutter? Why, is he, why does he have a 45% effective uh, field goal percentage, which is is terrible. It's some of the worst in the league. The answer is he's not getting calls. He's getting 10% of his shot attempts. He's got a, a ref blew a whistle. And you say, well, 10%, that's a solid number. Last year... He, he had he had one free throw attempt against Atlanta last year. And then last year, he was at 14.5% and shooting foul percentage. So he was getting more calls last year. This year, he's only getting 10% of those calls. His N1 percentage is at 23%, which is a career high for him. So if you're going to if you're gonna criticize RJ, you know, we have to have the, the proper context. He improved on exactly what we wanted him to, but his three balls are not falling, and he's not getting um, any calls. It, it's pretty bad. We saw the last game where he's getting frustrated, and we hardly ever see RJ get frustrated. He has what? one technical foul in four years called on him. So he's not getting the calls. No, I don't believe RJ is him, as the kid like to say. You know, he's probably a fourth or third best option on the championship team, but he did what we asked him to do. He just had a little regression as far as his um, 
long two pointers and his his three ball. But that's all I got. I just want to give some context uh, to RJ. That, that's it. Totally, and I will. You know, everyone knows. I've been a believer in Barrett from the jump, but I will say that I think his defense hasn't been where anyone would like it to be this season. Um, he's continuing a trend from last season of getting beat back door, and it's not optimal, you know, but I, I will say, um, and, and this is not supposed to be just a lineup of excuses, but, you know, what is it? The fifth different major starting lineup in, in four years for him. Um, it, there's always an adjustment period. And if you saw last year, he didn't he have, like, the worst shooting streak of all time from deep, <laughs> like, in NBA history? Wasn't it, like, 2 of 57 or something? Dude, there's all... always There's always a rough start with him. And, and for me, I talk about this a lot. It's because RJ is more the Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler. And I'm not trying to compare him scale-wise. Don't, I'm not trying to say, hey, RJ is the same as these guys. Do not take this that way. What I'm trying to say is that RJ Barrett, developmentally – is a lot more like Jalen Brown and Jimmy Butler in the sense that he needs several years due to the lack of natural, you know, tools and wiggle and all these things that people talked about pre-draft when they wrote him off completely. He just needs time to add those things to his game, and we know he has the mindset to want to. Um, the thing is that when we're not there yet with him and and he's in a role now, like he keeps getting relegated to being a spot-up shooter, and if he's not making those spot-up looks, he has a really bad game. But has that ever been what R.J. Barrett's done successfully? He's starting to get it to a degree because he has to, but like there are other things that he's good at that he's not necessarily getting enabled to do to a huge degree, and, and you know they, they've got to work that out in the starting lineup. They've got, they've got to work that out as the year goes on, and if it's game 20, and it still looks like game 7, and things are totally not worked out, I'm going to be like, hey... <laughs> Guys, there's got to be a sense of urgency here. But right now, um, and that, that, that has to do with the team, too. Like, right now, I'm not fully concerned about RJ Barrett. And I will say this. I So, I don't know if I believe I agree with you wholeheartedly. He does not get calls. The amount of times he gets hit, he gets fouled at the cup, and they don't call it, and he, it's frustrating. And to Chris's point, he, he turns around. He may make a little motion to the ref. He may say it's a little something, but he doesn't like. He never like he does. He rarely gets teed up. He hasn't been thrown out of the game. Maybe he needs to go, Clay Thompson, and maybe he needs to have a press conference where he says like, "Yo, I've been getting fouled all the time, and they don't call it." And then call some. It's like call some attention to it, right? Where I would push back what you said about what his shooting percentage is. Um, is that so? You said this year at the rim, he's shooting fifty. He's shooting sixty percent. Sixty percent. Okay, that's not good enough. Oh, for, it's terrible. It's terrible. Like it's terrible. so, the so for wings, and I pulled this from Basketball Reference. For wings, the median shooting percentage from zero to three feet. Three, excuse me, zero to three feet is 68 percent. That is that is the median number, um, and you know who shot sixty eight percent from from the cup last year? Duncan Robinson, who is nobody's idea of a slasher, uh, a wing slasher, right? So when RJ shooting fifty five percent from the cup, it's like, yes, you are. When he's shooting fifty five percent last year, and he's shooting and he's shooting sixty percent this, this, this year, it's like, yeah. yes, you have improved. But it's mediocre at that. I need yes, I, as I said, as I said in my rant last episode, I need better from you. 
And I don't need you to be a star. I don't need you. Oh, I would like you to be a star, but like, I don't need you being, I don't need you to get a, get a bag. I don't need, um, tween, tween, hezzy, you know, that stuff that makes the kids go nuts. I need you to be better. And the two things, the two things that you can just be better at are hitting open threes and being better at the rim. And the other thing I'll say about him at the rim is that I've noticed this for years RJ does not, he doesn't deliver contact. He doesn't, have, he rarely initiates the contact. He absorbs it. So when you absorb the contact, obviously it's going to be harder for you to the shot. And it's going to be, he has to learn how to initiate the contact in a manner that the refs will make the call and he can go to the line. I say this all the time. I always remember in the We Here season, RJ on the break, he's going to the cup. He instead of going instead of going up initiate a contact with Jimmy, he tries to like avoid it to go up. Jimmy slaps the ball. Jimmy slaps the ball away. The ball goes out of bounds as they're going right back as they're going back to um for the inbound. You can see Jimmy go hit me in the like put your shoulder right here. That's what you have to do. And I was like, I love seeing that from Jimmy. And almost two years later, RJ's not doing that. RJ needs to put his shoulder in these guys' chest and go up. Like, I'd rather you get the offensive foul than they be a no-call and you get stripped and it leads to a transition break the other way. I agree with you 100%. Um, it's not good. It, no matter how you slice it, no matter how you go through the numbers, his performance has not been good. But I just wanted to provide context because people, you know, they say, well, he's doing this, he's doing that, but no one's actually providing context with the numbers and, and what actually he's doing compared to the rest of the league. And you brought up a good point. Last year, of all wings that played 500 or more minutes, he was literally bottom 10 in the entire league. And this year, it's not much better. But I kind of wanted to leave you with this one last thing because you brought it up. Um, the lineup. You know, there were some rumors that there's going to be a new lineup tonight. I, I, I'll believe it when I see it. But the number one Knicks lineup, um, as far as differential, is uh, Brunson, Quickly, Barrett, Randall, Robinson. They are plus 13. They've played 45 possessions together, which is not a lot. And the worst... Uh, that shouldn't be a surprise. That that's the best lineup. Yep. And the worst one, they have played 231 possessions together, which is their starting lineup. And the second worst, based on possessions and differential, is uh, Rose, Quick, Red, Obi, and Ihart. But that lineup with uh, Brunson, Quick, Barrett, uh, Randall, Robinson, the best lineup, um, that's that's one I, I want to see a little bit more of, uh, more frequently, more earlier in the game for longer durations. Let Quick run with the starters. Let him play um, on ball because we know Brunson, he can play off ball. And, you know, quickly he likes to play on ball, do his thing. So I think that lineup is one that well, I'm I, I think eye out on. That, that's, a, that's a good way to phrase it, but I, I'll, I'll not try to be like this, but I'll do you one better. Um, Rose and quickly do a really good job of alternating on and off ball reps. Off Plus thirty nine. Jalen Brunson is a super smart point guard, just like Derrick Rose. I, I have full confidence that they will figure out uh, a similar, if not better, because Brunson is better than Rose arrangement between the two of them. I, you know, they've been really good so far, and they haven't even played that much together. So let's 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 see more. Yeah, I don't know if you're looking at the numbers, but you brought up Rose and Quick, those two together on the court. They're a plus forty with a 65% uh, 
um, effective field goal per- percentage. So that lineup with Rosen, Quickly, and Barrett, it's a plus 40. So that's a, only 15 possessions, but that's, it's a good lineup. Thank you, Anani, for a bully. Thank you for the insight. Appreciate you. Uh, all right, who's who's next, uh, Chris? Because I can't Sh- see Shannon's, Shannon's up next. Oh, sorry, the idea was a co-host. <laughs> oh, that would help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shannon is up next. Shannon, how you doing good. today, man? Happy Friday. Thank you, What's Chris. Good, on? good. Uh, honestly, I don't have a lot to add, but really, you know, I wanted to come in because I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed listening to you, Chris, and to you, Sean. Uh, I couldn't, I didn't disagree with one thing that you guys said. And and I, you know, so that's really what I wanted to add. Uh, it's, it's it's a rarity that you come into spaces um, and you get just really good, smart basketball perspective as you guys gave today. Uh, and, and I, you know, I hope, you know, people took it in because what you guys said today, I've said numerous times since the trade, I've said it on spaces, I've said it on Twitter, and not many people get it. People get angry. They don't want to listen to it because um, I, I don't know. I think they want to be angry. They want the extra gratification. Gratification. Yeah, you you mean like in reference to like trading well, for you know like kind of like B, B minus to B plus tier. Correct. Stars, without like right without looking forward and seeing you know where does that put us? That and when does that put us in position to contend? Because when you make a move like that, that's what that's what the ultimate goal is. And, and most teams, you don't trade all of it, all of your assets for that first star. They, they compare us to other teams, like they compared us to L.A., who, who went all in to get an A.D., but they had LBJ there already, right? So most teams, you know, when you make a move like that and you give up those assets. And they signed him. Got they him for free. give up a bevy Correct. of picks to sign LeBron. Well, they got him for whatever whatever it was, $56 million a year Correct. Now, which is the price they're paying. But it wasn't like they gave up their trove. What the problem they had was trading for an aging LeBron Right, sorry, sorry. Signing an aging LeBron, good, good, good stuff, Chris. Refuting your own point. <laughs> Signing an aging LeBron, trading their trove of assets and, and picks and everything for an injury-prone, unfortunately, Anthony Davis, and then having nothing left and deciding to, to you know, they, they took a, a hail mary shot at a talent in Russell Westbrook who really does not fit there. Uh, he's actually been doing really well off the bench, which should just be a sign that that should have happened earlier. Correct. So, uh, Correct. So for longevity and, you know, if they're hoping to get multiple rings, you know, you're right. That that probably, you know, wasn't the best move. But they, they got the one, you know, COVID ring. And I, I would have said They got their that. one. And they've been, I, I give them credit for it. Right. I give them credit for that ring. I think that that was um, – listen, I'm not trying to say that the bubble was like – you know, a lot of people say the bubble is the toughest environment. I'm not of that opinion at all. Uh, but I do think there was a lot going on in that franchise. A lot of people underestimate, you know, because sports are a release in our lives for, for a lot of people, uh, that these are these people's lives and that, you know, such a crazy year, so much uncertainty with COVID, having to go to the bubble, the Lakers losing Kobe just tragically. Like, th- th- there was a lot going on. I really do respect them for winning that ring. However, I think it's just as fair to bring up with your, you know, flowers for that ring that they've been paying for it pretty much every year since then in, in losses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good point. They, uh, they weren't built sustainably. It's what the Knicks front office is trying to take the time to do. They jumped They jumped right to it. It worked because they had two all-world talents, and now the risks are uh, rearing their ends. Re- really good point. And one thing I wanted to add, uh, Sean you know, just gave a really good synopsis with his Jumbotron post uh, about you know what Cleveland accepted from from Spider uh, for for Spider from Cleveland, 
what Utah accepted. Um, he gave a really good synopsis of the position that Cleveland was in compared to us and why it would be a better move for them because they were in better position to make a trade for 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 Spider based on the roster composition currently and what they had to give up compared to the position we would have been left in. So just taking it just a little bit further, when you look at that, you have to really wonder, you know, how fair was Ainge really dealing with us? Uh, you know, what what was his motivation? Because even as a team, if you, and, and Sean is very smart, but you have to figure that Ainge is, a, is at least as smart, right, to be in the position that he's in and get paid millions to do his job. You have to think that if you make that deal with Cleveland and then you look at the return for your team, because that should be the ultimate goal, like what is best for my team, that those picks that they got from Cleveland would not be as valuable as the picks from us. And, and because, as Sean aptly pointed out, they're in better position to win than we would be if we made that trade. So to, 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 to take that deal and not at least look at our counter, which probably would have been better, but just going off face value of the picks, it would have been better because just our team, we're not set up, especially if we had to give up, give up RJ in that trade. We wouldn't be and, set up to win as much as Cleveland. So all around would have been a better deal for them to do that deal with us, and he didn't even give us a chance to counter. So you just have to wonder, was he really operating in good faith with us? Was that a deal that ever could really get done? And it seemed like his motivation was to do a deal with us because I think that that would have been better for his team to, to do that. Um, and just oh, one last point. Oh, yeah, go ahead. And one last point, you know, when we talk about the drives, you know, our 95 made a good point and Sean made a good counter. I just want to say just a little caveat. When you compare him to the, you know, the, like, you know, a guy like Duncan Robinson and guys that contribute to that 68% at the rim, Duncan Robinson's drives are probably going to be layups, wide open layups. They're they scripted by Spolster. Right. They won't be the volume that that RJ did. You know, they won't, he, he won't impact the rim. So there are a lot of things that come from impacting the rim, even if you don't make the The Knicks don't move off ball as much as, as teams like the Heat, the Nuggets, uh, you know, this, teams like that. So Absolutely. So, you know, I saw a stat that in 2022, RJ, it was definitely top five, but I think it was top three. In 2022, let's say top three, top five, I believe it was top three, in rim scoring. So in scoring off drives at the rim. That's a that's a that's that's big to have as many points, and it shows how much pressure he puts on the rim. So it's really tough when you compare his sixty-one percent or his even his fifty-five percent to a guy who's shooting sixty-eight percent, but he's taking wide-open layups. He's not putting pressure on the defense. He's not getting the defense to converge. He's not getting fouls. He's not getting offensive rebounding opportunities that RJ would present when he puts that pressure on the rim. So I just want to kind of throw that caveat in there. For sure. The other thing I wanted to add at your second point was that. I don't know. You can answer this for me right now. Is there a team around the league that gives up an unprotected first for marketing right now? Uh, you know, in a month or whatever, trades start opening up. If they can get one for him, that's four that they got. It's just, it, it. I get why they did what they did and didn't see it as a bad option. I just think there was, you know, there, there was leverage for them in terms of everyone thinking Mitchell was going to be a Nick because they didn't have leverage. It ended up reversing into leverage for them. And so, like Mitchell saying he thought he was waking up a Nick. Like people really thought it was happening. So, you know, it's uh, for me, I, I wasn't displeased. I know a lot of people were, but you know, that's why we're here debating it, uh, talking about you know potential merits or you know discredits to it. But uh, I also just wanted to you know thank you for your kind words at the start. Uh, I really appreciate those. No, no absolutely good, and I, and I hope you two guys. I mean, you know, Sean obviously does 
really good with KCDA. KCDA, I enjoyed their spaces as well. No, that's, that's, the, that's the other Sean. That's Sean. That's, that's I hate Sean. <laughs> oh. But I appreciate, I appreciate you. Uh, so which Sean? Okay, because I thought this was I hate Sean. Okay. No, this no, this is Sean with the W. That's I hate Sean. I'm on my I'm on my I'm on my um, burner account because Chris kicked me out of space because of my foolishness, which was rightly deserved, and gotcha. I couldn't get back and I couldn't get back in. Gotcha. Well, my my point was I hope you guys do more of this because I enjoyed it. It's really good content, really intelligent basketball talk. I enjoy listening, so I hope this is one of many. Thank you, man. This is this is week you. six. We've been doing one a week. We we appreciate it a million. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, thank you very much. Hey guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. It's a quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. 
Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. There he is, C.T. Pittman. Welcome to the stage. Again, I don't know if you heard, but I said I had the pleasure of meeting you for the first time after Nick's home opener. It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, welcome to the stage. The floor is yours. Hey, what up, man? What's, How up, you what's doing? up, Chris? What's up, Sean? Sean, you, you know, you my you and my starting five for Nick's Twitter, but it's always F the Ravens. You know that off top. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't have it any other way, brother. <laughs> anyway, uh, real quick, because I'm out running errands. I just got off work. I just had a, a little statement and a question. Um, so, when you look at RJ's draft class, um, Zion has been featured ever since he was drafted. RJ, I mean, uh, 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 golly, RJ Morant, he's been featured since he's been drafted. RJ hasn't been the feature of the team since he's been drafted because you got he came into a situation where we already had Julius Randle. So that pretty much stunned his growth to me. So I just wonder how much further along would he have been already if he was featured from the day from the first day that he stepped into Nick's uniform, you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, the reps he got at the end of last season helped him a lot, I would think, in, in that number one role. And even though and he's not a number one and right now, and a lot of people don't project him, right? Yep, and a, a lot of people don't project him to be a number one. He's not a number one now, but him getting that role on a team that's not trying to contend, so they could afford to give him those reps it, it, it helped him a lot so when he has gotten those reps at, at you know like for like a third of the season last year um the efficiency wasn't great but he he looked the part of the number one of the team and and that's a step forward right absolutely and the, the other statement i was gonna i just want to say man jay nicky man he was out here fighting for his life yesterday defending rj's honor shout out to that dude and shout out to breeze because i ever since i took his his uh his advice of not getting too high, not getting too low. My life has been so much better watching these Knicks games. So when they were up by 23 the other night, I was not stressing. I was not happy. I was not excited because I already seen that movie before. Y'all have a good one. Thank you, CT. Yeah, shout out to Breeze. Shout out to Jay Nicky. Breeze is one of the best voices on Knicks Twitter. Like, he comes in calm. He says what he has to say. You could tell he puts the time in. You could tell like he's not react. He's not reactionary. He's not emotional. So shout out to him. And yeah, listen, Jay Nicky has been. He's been getting his ass kicked in these Twitter streets defending RJ. Me and him actually had a uh, uh, a DM. We had, we were had a DM conversation. Uh, I believe on Tuesday because he was discussing the same thing about um, RJ's uh, efficiency at the rim. So shout out to both of them. Um, to answer your question, CT, um, I don't know if RJ Barrett would be on the level of Zion and Ja, but the fact that he's never been really given the opportunity is troubling. Uh, I said this on Wednesday when, when a team has – uh, when a team has two players that they picked third and eighth in consecutive years, 99% of the teams say, all right, we're either going to build around these two guys, these are our cornerstones, or they say, let's see what we can get from these two guys. Let's see if we can, let's see what we can fit around them 
to make it work. And two different front offices decided to take because uh, the Mills the Mills administration took RJ, the Rose administration took Opie, and both administrations said instead of building around this guy, why let's try and make them fit into what we are doing, which is pretty much ass backwards, if you ask me. And again, you took this kid third and you took this kid eighth. And I go back to it again. November 2020, you drafted a power forward eighth. At that point, you should have said, Julius, thanks for the memories, but it's time to say goodbye. But our lovely front office is values value above all else that they said, we can't trade Julius now. His value's too low. We'll only get a second round pick. And then he turns into Larry Bird because he went 24, 10, and 5 and averaged a shot 40 with 7, 3. And it's, we can't trade him now. He's Larry Bird. Like Jonathan Macri said, the Sonny Corleone move was to give him the extension. The Michael Corleone move would have been to trade him. And it was right there, but the rest is history. Um, that's all I got. Chris, you got anything else? <laughs> nah, man. Nothing else for me. I think um, points were made about the, the trades <laughs> that didn't happen, about rotations. Um, I think questions that are being asked might be answered tonight. Uh, the answer might be that we see the same starting lineup. I also think that... Um, if I had to guess, you know, a lot of people are speculating it, it would be Mitch. No, it would, it's the Tibbs is never benching Mitch. Uh, he's experimented with Hartenstein over him when he really needs offense, uh, like in the Atlanta game. But uh, you would have to think, with especially with the stats that you know I ninety five bully gave us that you know, and the Knicks, you know, doing a lot. Even if Tibbs isn't a, a, a Stereotypically big analytics coach. The Knicks are really invested heavily into analytics uh, from everything I know. So I would think that the, the change they're looking into would be to start quickly. Um, and we'll see how that goes. I think that would be really smart. So uh, I would hope that that's a decision they make. If it's not, we'll see how that decision to not do it ages um, tonight against Philly. <laughs> Yes. And again, for those listening on the podcast, we're recording this. It is now 4.14 p.m. Eastern on Friday. So we do not know. By the time you're hearing this on the podcast, uh, we will, you will have known if IQ got the start or not or whoever. Um, I just find it interesting because if they start IQ, I, don't, I think Grimes is a better option potentially. Uh, at the two, so do they start IQ and then when Grimes, then does Grimes take IQ spot? Like I don't know if I want to do that. Like I rather than just like start Grimes because once you you know because if you start IQ and he doesn't keep the job, it's either because he stunk, which would suck, or because you decide to just give the bolt the job to uh, Quinn and then you've told the league like, yep, this guy ain't it, which you should have did last summer. Last summer. Uh, the end of last season after the Nets game, but, you know, had to chase that 10 seed. <sighs> okay, so 
Uh, I think that's all for now. We've been going for about 75 minutes. Uh, again, I apologize for the uh, technical difficulties that we had, that I had, not we, it was me. Uh, I, I was just going out of curtain to tell you what happened. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I was waiting. So for those who came in late, my car was going to inspect it. My car didn't pass inspection. My father's mechanic. I said, can you fix this? He's like, absolutely. I said, cool. I went to the bottle place. I said, give me my car back. And they're like, cool. They, the, the mechanics then proceeded to scratch their ass and leave my car up on the, uh, up on the lift for like 20 minutes. So I literally was doing the first 25 minutes of the show from a, from a major discount tire parking lot. And then what happened was, Chris, they fought, I went inside because it was less quiet. It was quieter. At some point during my Donovan Mitchell breakdown, they took my car down from the lift, put the tires back on, took it down, and turned it on, which meant my Bluetooth turned on in my car. Uh, so, yeah, we, could, we couldn't hear you because it was using the mic. So, and I didn't know. So, literally, I'm like, I'm talking, I look down, and I'm like, I'm not in the space anymore. What happened? And then I'm like, what's going on? And I look, and I see that my car connects to the Bluetooth. I was like, holy shit. How long have I been talking and they haven't heard me? Because these ass clowns decided to wait 25 minutes to take my car down from the lift. So that's what happened. Andrew, you can cut this from the show if you want. I don't know if you want. It's up to you. I don't care. But that's what happened. I believe that you were at least were old that explanation. Yeah, fair one. <laughs> All right. Well, mechanic maladies aside, um, the... James Harden lists Philadelphia 76ers are hosting the Knickerbockers tonight at 730. Uh, you know, Harden dominates a lot of their on-ball possessions and reps. It'll be interesting to see if they, you know, now as a result of you know, naturally just moving the ball more, if they play with a faster pace, you know, how they play. Um, I, I would think they win today. Uh, if Embiid is playing, it, it, I, yeah, I would just think Philadelphia is winning because, um, save a change in the starting lineup and uh, you know what even if there is a change in the starting lineup I'm not, I'm not going to expect anything of it one game in that would be foolish so let me not do that I, I just think the, the Sixers win today uh, no matter what but it would be really nice uh, if this Knicks team were able to show you know an ability to adapt um, an ability to fight throughout a game 48 minutes that would be good so yeah I actually have, have one question for you now that you say that go ahead because let's say they lose tonight in Philly, which I'm, I'm assuming Embiid is still playing, although I heard he had like a non-COVID illness, but I assume Embiid is going to play, and they lose. And, you'll, again, and there will be no – there's no shame in losing at Philadelphia. They lose – they come back They come back to the Garden tomorrow, uh, Saturday night, play Celtics. Let's say they lose. That makes them three and five. Do we think – this front office would would no. make the no no not after Saturday but when do you think they will make the pivot to say all right this ain't working and let's go brick for Vic or you think they're not you do you think they're going to literally make the same mistake they made last year and just no chase the I, I think I think they're going to wait until at least the twenty games in to do anything I think if they're Three and five, four and seven. At a certain point, you know, uh, you know, maybe they get to five and nine, and people are like, "Ooh, I think that's when rumblings 
would begin. I, I listen. I gave my hot take. Someone asked me to give an extremely hot take for season. I said Tom Thibodeau would be fired after the Knicks after the Knicks start eight and sixteen with because that sixteenth game that that twenty fourth game would be December third against the Cavaliers and um, Donovan Mitchell would be uh, would have scored. Uh, forty. What was it like forty five? <laughs> it was like it was okay. Here it is. Uh, I'm gonna post it in jumbotron. Tom Thibodeau will be fired after a one seventeen ninety one home loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, dropping the Knicks to eight and sixteen. The loss spurred by Donovan Mitchell's forty one twelve and nine in front of a hostile, borderline toxic MSG crowd, proved to be the final straw for owner Jim Dolan sitting courtside. Uh, I hope to God this is not true. Like I said, someone asked to give the hottest take, and that will be the take, but. I listen. I, I. If it's bad, if 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 it's like the same shit on tomorrow, on tonight and tomorrow, especially like if we get clapped by the Celtics at home on Saturday night, oh, it, it, <laughs> it's it's gonna get ugly. It's gonna get ugly in that building, and when it gets ugly, we all know who's watching. So we'll see. We will. I've got nothing else, Sean. So do your uh, signature closeout and uh, take take us out, man. I, I literally have nothing to add. That, that, that covered. Oh, all right. Uh, well, uh, last before we get out of here, we're going to do our Nick Knickerbocker of the week. I'm still workshopping a title. If you have any suggestions, please DM me. Do not DM this account. DM Sean with the W underscore. This is my I'm hiding from work burner. Um, I probably shouldn't even say that, um, but whatever. Um Nick of the week, it's hard because, you know, <laughs> uh, not a lot of people are great this week, but I'll give it to Emmanuel quickly, uh, particularly for his um, particularly for his performance against the Hawks. Um, and the Cut the Shit Award, CTS Award, I mean, it's simple. It's Tom Thibodeau. Like, you just can't stand on the sideline and do nothing. You cannot do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. This is not overreacting after seven games. This is over. This is properly reacting after 89 games because this is what plagued us last year. No, not enough. Not, not the, the requisite energy wasn't there. The requisite effort wasn't there. The uh, misassignments on defense the turnovers, the poor play, and the lack of adjustments. We cannot have this again. Tom, you're staring your coaching mortality in the mirror, in the in, in the face. You're staring at the your coaching mortality in the face. Are you really going to go down with the ship, stubborn as you are, as you appear to be, because that's the only way you know how to do things. I know you can adjust. I've seen you adjust. I've seen you give major minutes to Nate Robinson because not because you wanted to, because there's anyone that's not a tips player is Nate Robinson, but you needed his scoring when you were in Chicago. We know it's in there. I'm going to quote Michael Irvin again. Nobody believes in you. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? So until then, you get the CTS award. Thank you, Chris Persiani. Thank you to everyone who pulled up. Shannon, CT Pittman, I-95 Bully. Um, thank you to everyone in the audience. I see I see Benji down there. I see Brad. I see Nick Somer and Paz. 
Uh, so many of you guys, Anonymous, thanks for pulling up, and so many more. But thank you for joining us for this latest edition of KFS Study Hall. Again, my name is Sean for W. We'll see you next week. Have a good day. Go Knicks. Let's ride.